Would you turn with me, please, this morning to the book of John, Gospel account of John. And this is very important, as all the word is. I believe important for right now. You'll see this the further we go into it. But in John chapter 14, you know, all the Bible is good and true. All of his word is life to us, health and medicine to all of our flesh. But we must look to the spirit to know what he's emphasizing for each time and season. Because he knows where we're at. He knows where his plan is at. He knows what we're uh, doing okay in and what we're deficient in. What we need some extra supplementation in. And I'm excited about this and you'll see as we read it because I believe it has to do with the season we're in. And the time we're in. Not just as the local church but the whole body of Christ and uh, the whole plan of God. How many believe God has a great, great plan? How many believe that time is running out? I mean, uh, we are closer to the fulfillment of all things, fulfillment of all prophecy, the return of the Lord Jesus. We're closer to this than anybody's ever been. Right? There's no disputing that. He says, well, do you think he'll come this year or next year or five years? I don't know. And uh, the Lord said that, you know, some of these things are not revealed. But we know we're close. I said, we know we're close. And uh, before the coming of the Lord, all the scripture must be fulfilled that leads up to it. Every prophecy must be fulfilled. And there are some glorious prophecies, some glorious things. That the Lord has said would happen. How many glad you're alive right now? We should be. (laughs) Glad we're alive right now. We could have been born in another time. In another century. uh, But the Lord has allowed us to be here right now. It's exciting. In John 14. John 14. 20. One, let's pray before we read. Father, we thank you for everything you've already done for us this week and this morning. You're a good God to us. Quicken us today. Open our eyes. Help us to cooperate with your spirit. Yield to you fully. What we've not seen, we ask you to show us. We ask you to remind us of anything we've let slip and give us further revelation. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers. Show us the next steps to take, and by your grace, we'll take them. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you believing with me for utterance this morning? You know, uh, you don't want to get so comfortable that you're not believing. Right? People sometimes don't, they treat uh, church like they would treat going to a movie uh, or something else, you know, or a concert. They think, well, I'm here. I did my part. Now, impress me. 
that's a real problem if you do that with your preachers and if you do that with your services because uh, I shouldn't just come to see you and talk to you. You shouldn't just come to see me and hear me, right? We should all come before the Lord and say, Lord, this is your place. We're all here before you to hear what you'd say to us. Show us what you would do, what you want done. And so uh, together we believe for utterance. Together we believe for the Lord's will to be done. Say that out loud. Together, together. we're expecting. We're expecting. Together, together, we're believing, we're believing. For, the will of the Lord. for the will of the Lord to be done. To be known and to be done. Now, uh, in John 14 and 21, Jesus said, 14:21, John, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. How many love the Lord? How would we know it? Well, you do what he tells you to do. Right? What if you don't do what he tells you to do? Then you don't love him. People don't like it that black and white, but that's how it is. He that loves me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Did you hear this phrase? If we love him, we will obey him. We will do what he tells us to do. And if we do that in love and faith, then what will happen? He will love us. He will manifest. Now this is another way of saying it. He will manifest his love to us. Which is another way of saying he will manifest himself to us. For he is love. Now from the first time I read that with any understanding I got excited about it. Because here the Lord tells me. He will manifest himself to me. Does anybody like that besides me? He will manifest himself to me. Now keep reading. When he said that, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, another Judas, he said, Lord... How is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? That's a good question. Because from what the Lord had already told them, they understood that, you know, the world didn't know the Spirit. Well, just uh, back up just a few verses. In verse 16, well, verse 15, if you love me, what do you do? Keep my commandments. I'll pray the Father. He'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom what? The world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Now we see another thing when he says, I will manifest myself to you. You could say it like this, I'll manifest my love to you. He is love. What's another way you could say it from looking at this? I'll manifest my spirit. Right? 
That's what he was talking about when he got to that 21st verse. He was talking about the Spirit of God. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. And you know that places like 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the manifestation, manifestation, manifestation of the Spirit is given to every person. Every child of God to profit with all. Said out loud, manifestation Manifestation. of God. God. Manifestation Manifestation. of love. Love. Manifestation Manifestation. of the Spirit. Manifestation. (laughs) I know uh, people that have used this word and actually misused it and abused it. I know years ago, this has been probably 20 years ago at least, a fellow from another country was talking about that he was believing for his healing. He had a little boy just a few years old, and uh, excuse me, I'm telling it wrong. The little boy, something had happened to him, and he'd hurt himself, and I think it was his knee or whatever it was, was hurting, and he had prayed for him, and the daddy just said, well, Lord, we thank you for the manifestation." And the little boy came back in a few minutes. He said, Daddy, my knee still hurts. And he says, well, we just thank the Lord for the manifestation. And he come back a few minutes later and he said, Daddy, my knee still hurts. He said, well, we just thank the Lord for the manifestation. He come back in a few minutes. He said, Lord, when is the man from the station going <laughs> to come? <laughs> when will the man from the station come? <laughs> You have to watch using that language. Because people say, well, I believe God. I'm just waiting on the manifestation. You have to beware of waiting on anything. Because it indicates you do not believe you've received. Are you with me? Beware of that language. I'm just waiting on this or that. Well, it depends on what you mean and what you know as to whether that's okay or not. But... Let's talk about specifically here. He said, I will manifest myself to you. The word manifest literally means to show. To show. I will show myself to them. What does the Amplified say? Y'all have it right there, John 14. He said... John 14, 21, it's amplified. I will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Boy, if that don't excite you, then you, you must not be a real child of God. Because to the child of God, God... Showing himself to you. Revealing and manifesting himself. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Do you have a desire that's greater than that? To see God? To be in his presence? To know him? For him to be revealed to you? That's about as big as it gets. Right? I mean, that's what heaven's all about. Right? 
knowing him, being with him, seeing him, him revealing himself. Well, the good news, we don't have to wait till we get to heaven for God to begin to make himself real to us and manifest or show himself to us. Anybody that's ever reached out to God and begin to know something about him has had this hunger and this desire for him to reveal himself more to you. you I mean, the Bible said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you get a taste, you go, mm, 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 more. We want more of this, right? Because, friend, there is no drug that will touch this. There is no alcohol. There is no physical pleasure. There is no possession. There is no accomplishment. There is nothing that even approaches the glory, the thrill, the fulfillment, the ecstasy, the complete satisfaction of the creation Receiving from the Creator what only He can do. Only. Only. The Bible said we were created and all things were created for His pleasure. The Bible says deep calls unto deep. Something in every human being that's crying out for God. Whether they know it or not. They try to fill that void with all kind of stuff. But nothing will fill it. Nothing will fill it. Except the one who made you. Oh my. Glory. I'm so excited about this direction. I'm so excited. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. He said I will manifest myself. I will show myself to him. Show myself. Now, back up to the 11th chapter. Chapter 11. This is the situation where Lazarus was raised from the dead. And when he told him in John 11:39, he told him to take away the stone. His sister Martha said, you know, Lord, he's been dead for four days. He Surely by this time he stinks. And verse 40, verse 40. Look at it, verse 40 of John 11. Jesus said to her, said I not to you? In other words, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God? And they saw very shortly a manifestation of the glory of God when this man was raised from the dead and healed. Miraculously, his body was changed from any decomposition that had occurred. How many understand that is seeing a manifestation of love, seeing a manifestation of the Spirit, seeing a manifestation of the glory of God. But now notice, he said, you'd see this, you'd see the glory of God if what? If you believed. If you would believe. So what about doubters? Scoffers and despisers. Will they see the glory of God? 
What about people who refuse and won't obey God and won't keep his commandments? Will the Lord reveal himself to them the same as to those? No, no, no. Now here's the thing that I believe the Lord is taking us on this path now. And it is teaching us about believing for the manifestation of the glory of God. Believing for the manifestation of the glory of God. He's taught us, some of us for years, some of us, you know, just got started in this, you know, more recently than others. But some of us been using our faith to believe for money, to believe for healing, to believe for stuff. And the Lord's training us and exercising us in faith principles and how to use our faith. And here's one of the highest uses of our faith now. Right? All of this training that we've got, everything that he's taught us up to this point, that we use our faith to believe for the manifestation of the glory of God. You can begin to see why he said, I'm growing this church up quickly. Why? So that more than two of us, more than five or six of us, a bunch of us, right, would know how to come together at a moment in time and not just sit idly by and passively and think, well, hope something happens. No, we put our faith on it when we show up together and we believe for the manifestation of the glory of God and we get good at it. This is the beginning of that. Hallelujah. Oh my, 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 my. You know what I just saw? I saw us taking a bunch of you somewhere else. And because you know how and we know how to believe for the manifestation of the glory of God. And it is happening with us here in our home place. But then it wasn't happening somewhere else. And a group of you went with me somewhere else. And when we came into that place, we believed for the glory of God. And it happened there. Glory. Glory. Believing for, he said, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And she did. And they did. And they did see the glory of God. My, my. If you would go with me back to the Old Testament. Back to the book of Exodus and see how that this has been from the beginning. One of the main things, one of the focal points, the beginning and cause and result. I believe that the days of the manifestation Of the glory of God are upon us. (laughs) 
It's exciting just to say it. I believe they are. The days of the manifestation, the showing forth of the glory of God are upon us. We're in those days. And we have a part to play in it in praying this direction, speaking this direction, and believing. I think you heard what we said already, but just in the last several days, the Lord stirred me up in my heart, and I don't know, I've seen it in a different way. I can use my faith to believe for the manifestation of the glory of God. Maybe I knew it, but not like I do now. Right? And that all of us can use our faith together. And it's not like we're trying to get God to do something that he didn't want to do. He's already told us. If you'll obey me. Right? I will manifest myself to you. It's his will. It's his will. It's not his plan that people just see us. But that they see him. Right? That they see him. Now, we talked about prophecies. That prophecies had to be fulfilled before the coming of the Lord. Listen to just a few of these. And you'll hear a theme that keeps coming. Hold your place in Exodus, but listen to these. Numbers 14 says, the Lord said, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Did he say it? How many believe it has to happen? It has to happen. May not look that way in a lot of places. How many understand there's a lot of places on this earth. It does not look that way. It doesn't feel that way. It looks like it's full of the devil. Right? Feels like it's full of darkness. But the word of the Lord cannot fail. I said it cannot fail. He said, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Psalm 72 said, let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Habakkuk 2 says, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How many know there's a lot of water out there in the Atlantic Ocean? There's a lot of water in the Pacific, right? There's a lot of water covering the earth. God said, my glory is going to cover the earth just like that. My glory. Wonder if you'd know it. When the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wonder if other people would know it. Yeah. Many will not understand it. Many will not receive it. Oh, but many will. I said many will. Many will. Many, many. And it has to come to pass. How many think we should put our faith on these scriptures just like other scriptures? And believe, not just say, well, you know, whatever will be, will be. No, actively believe for them. Expect them. Isaiah 40 says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. All flesh will see the glory of the Lord revealed. He said, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. 
Well, that means it has to happen. Surely happen. Now, in Exodus, you holding your place there still? Exodus. I want to read a few scriptures to you. I don't know of any better way to say it than just read it to you right out of the Bible. Exodus 24. Exodus 24. Now, from the earliest times, you see this kind of thing. You're gonna, I'm going to read scriptures to you until you may think I got it, Brother Keith. That's enough, and I'm going to read some more to you. <laughs> because it's not just your head that we should get, but it's in our spirit. And you keep hearing the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, because I want us to be reminded that God's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, this is the way he was, this is the way he is, this is the way he will be. It was his will, it is his will, it will always be his will. In Exodus 24, 15, 24, 15, Moses went up into the mount, and what happened? A cloud covered the mount. And the what? The glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. Is God still like this? He hasn't changed. He never changes. Is he awesome? Is he wonderful? Is he glorious? Glorious. Glorious. The glory of God manifested as a cloud and as fire. They saw it. Literally, they saw it. Now turn right on over. You're there in chapter 24. Go to chapter 33. Just go right on over to chapter 33. Exodus 33, verse 8. It came to pass when Moses went out of the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses till he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. Here's the manifestation of the glory of God. And do you see something accompany with it? Reverence. Do you see that? Reverence. Moses, when he would get up, and start to go toward the tabernacle. Now you know there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of these people. And the Bible said when they knew it was happening. They'd all stand up and look and watch and be quiet. Until he got out there. And then they'd watch the glory cloud come down over the front of the tabernacle. And then all of them would fall down and worship. Do you see this? Has God changed? Can we have that kind of thing? In our midst, 
Yes, we can. But do you see the manifestation of the glory and a great reverence? Now, we'll be talking about this some more, but they're inseparable. And the Bible said that verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, See, you tell me, bring up this people, and you will not let me know whom you'll send with me. Yet you've said, I know you by name, and you found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, the Lord said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Say that out loud. My presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. When the presence of the Lord is manifested, peace is manifested. There is such comfort in the manifestation of the comforter. When wrong spirits manifest themselves, there's agitation, anxiety, fear. But when God manifests, how many believe people ought to be able to come in this church? And any other church. But they ought to be able to come in this church and just be fried, for lack of a better word. Just vexed out of their mind. But just sit in here for a few minutes and all that leave them. Huh? Why? Because the manifestation of the presence of God. Of the glory of God. I expect that the glory of God will manifest in this place so strong. That the very fibers in the drapes and the carpets and the seats will be saturated with it. And a residue of that glory and anointing will be here tangible when the building is even empty. But let us not forget the why. Not that this building is the temple of God. It's because we are the temple of God and we meet in this place and he fills us. But when he fills us, it saturates our clothes. What we wear and what we sit on and what we walk on. That's why the Lord told Moses, he said, take off your shoes. Because where you're standing is holy ground. Why? Because he was on it. God was on it. That's what made it holy. And when the Lord's presence is manifest, wrong spirits and, and sickness and all kind of things just leave. That without people praying for you, without people laying hands on you, without people anointing you with all. Why? Because the anointing destroys the yoke. Removes the burden. My presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. And he said, if your presence go not with me, then carry us not up from here. He said, if we're not going to have your presence, I don't want to go. I'm just going to stay right here. For wherein shall it be known here that I and your people have found grace in your sight? Is it not that you go with us? So shall we be separated, I and your people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Now see, this is the main thing that distinguishes us from every other religion in the earth. I mean, no other religion can talk about that they have had a manifestation of glory. 
They got their words, they've got their laws and their rules and their rituals and all kind of stuff. But the glory of God manifesting, coming down on the mountain, coming down on the tabernacle and temple, the real presence of the living God, nobody else got that. Never has, never will. That's what separates us from every cult and every false religion. It's not our perfect lifestyle. It's not all the ritual and rules. It's the living presence of God. How many know that people in this world are looking for reality? They are so hungry for the reality of God. They're trying all kind of stuff, but there's no reality. But God's already told us, I will manifest myself to you. I'll make myself real to you. So when the Lord told him this, he said, I'll go with you. My presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. And I guess, you know, he, uh, Moses is standing here. He sees the cloud, the glory cloud. He sees it. God's talking to him from the glory. And in verse 18, you know, it almost sounds like it just pops out of him. He said, I beseech you, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Anybody that draws close to God has the same kind of thing come up in their heart. Lord, I want to see more. I want to know more of you. I want to see more of you. This sounds strange to people who don't know God. It's sad that there's so many Christians that have never experienced much reality of God. But you don't have to live in that dry state of intellectual ascent. You don't have to live like that. You can have some reality. I said you can have some reality. You can have some manifestation of the presence of God. He said, show me your glory. And the Lord did. Without going into it, he did. Now turn with me from this place on over to the 40th chapter, chapter 40. Glory be to God. Exodus 40. The Lord told them how to construct the tabernacle, told them what to do, how to build everything, what to make it out of. How to set it up. Sound familiar to you? Is the Lord building something here with us? He's building things all over the planet. Right? We're just a part of what he's doing. But he's given us instruction. Do this. Use this. Include this. Change this. Incorporate this. Where is it headed? Where is it going? Anybody getting excited at all? Now, what, what is all this? All the purpose of these seats being paid for. Purpose of this TV stuff. Purpose of changing things. Purpose. What is it all for? So we can all show up and look at each other? Well, you're great, but you're not that great. I want more. How about you? You can show up and look at me and Phyllis? No, no. Uh-uh. I know you like us, but 
got to be more than that. I said, it's got to be more than that. More than that. What's it for? We are destined to be the house of his glory. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about this building now. I'm talking about the entire body of Christ. Of which you and I, I am and you are a living stone sealed into the body of Christ, which is also called the house of God. And the Bible refers to the house of his glory. That's what we are. The house of his glory. What's all the building for? What's all the preparation for? So he can come. And fill us. And manifest himself. In us. And through us. Exodus 40. Verse 33. The end of it. So Moses finished the work. Finished it. On the tabernacle. What happened? Soon as he finished the work. Then a cloud, there's that cloud, the cloud covered the tent or the tabernacle of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You'll see as we go on in this study. This phrase appears over and over and over and over in the Bible that the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Say that out loud with me. The glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Let's say it together. The glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Let's say fills the The glory of the Lord fills the house of the Lord. The glory of the Lord fills the house of the Lord. Where is his house? We are his house. Right? Then the glory of the Lord fills us. Should we believe for this? Should we use our faith actively to expect Confess for it. Expect it. Right? The manifestation of the glory of God filling the house of God. We're beginning this morning. I said we're beginning this morning. And every time you show up here again, don't come empty handed. Bring faith with you. Right? What are we believing for? We're believing for the manifestation of of God. We're believing for the manifestation of His presence. We're believing for the manifestation of His Spirit. We're believing for the manifestation of His love. We're believing, expecting, actively for the manifestation of the glory of God. As soon as they finished the work, the cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle and Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and what? And the glory of the Lord 
filled the tabernacle. And he goes on to describe how that when the cloud moved, they moved. And the cloud stayed, they stayed, they were led by the glory. They were led by the glory. The glory was so strong on the place that Moses couldn't get through the door. He couldn't enter. How many understand this is real? The glory was just as solid as a door. As a wood or a steel door. I mean, it was so tangible and so real. Hallelujah. Go over to uh, 2 Chronicles 5. I think this will be enough for right now. 2 Chronicles. That was the tabernacle, the tent of God. And later, you know, they built the temple, which was a permanent building instead of a portable tent. And you see the same kind of language, Second Chronicles 5, verse 1. Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was, was what? They finished it up. They finished building the house of the Lord. And skip down towards the, uh, the end of the chapter, down to verse 12. The Levites, which were the singers... Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, they stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests, sounding with trumpets. And it came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever, that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord. So the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. Stand on your feet and begin to praise the Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.